much for joining us today on episode number 152 of the Real Life Runners podcast. So as much as we try to strive for perfection in our running, we all know that perfection is really not possible and that sometimes things just kind of get in the way. So today we're going to talk about those times where training may have been sidelined and you need to come back. So how do you do that safely and effectively? This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, so we're talking about comebacks. We're talking about getting back into training after a break. <laughs> Don't call it a comeback. Don't call it a comeback. Um, hashtag the comeback. We've got somebody in the tribe that uses that a lot. Um, shout out to you, Andrew. So... Yes, let's talk about comebacks, okay? Now, where is this episode coming from? <laughs> my my focus on myself sometimes. <laughs> sometimes we do. We, we think about ourselves. And, yeah. and honestly, after we were out of, the, out of town for a week and I didn't run for like seven days. Was it a full seven days? Yeah, because we... Uh, we missed the Saturday before we left from a lot of thunderstorms coming through. Yeah. And so trying to get back into it and feeling awkward and uncomfortable and, and being able to kind of successfully get my way back and have a couple of weeks of running into me now, I, I feel a whole heck of a lot better, but it didn't, it was not a smooth path, path back. So, <laughs> you know, kind of thinking, how do we do this? How do we make sure that everybody comes back? You know, as, uh, as our cross country season is going to get started, we've told the high school kids that they're supposed to be running over the summer and but, given them plans to follow, but some of them haven't run since last Thanksgiving. And so even the ones that we've told to run still are admitting that they're not following our plans. <laughs> yeah. Like the ones that are like in, in the running in no pun intended in the running for captains are still like, yeah, I run, but I'm not following any of the plans you gave us. Right. Like, great. Yeah. Like we need to inspire them a little bit better, I think, to actually follow directions. But, you know, that right there is the same proof of, you know, no matter how well laid the plans are sometimes, you still have to do the work. You still have to follow through. And it that puts a lot of onus of responsibility on the athlete itself. Like, even if you have a coach, even if you know exactly what to do and you have a great training plan, you still have to get out there and do it. And you still actually have to be the one following the plan. So what happens when the plan goes awry? What happens when we have these breaks in training or inconsistency? Because they can happen for so many reasons, right? Like sometimes people get sick, you go on vacation, like in our case, you know, you get really busy at work, you have a race and you just need an extra recovery afterwards. I know that's happened to you a lot before too. Yeah, you need the extra recovery after a race and then that just slides into a few more weeks Mm -hmm. and a few more weeks and suddenly you're like, oh, I have not run in a while. Yeah. And then your wife is like, Kevin, you need to go out and run right now because... Kevin, you're yelling at people. You need to run. (laughs) (laughs) And then of course, the the most you know frustrating one for a lot of runners is that injury right finding yourself injured or with some sort of pain and needing to actually take a break from running because your body's forcing you to do so and how do you get back into it safely and effectively Right, because some people can come back off of an injury and they just sort of like reduce volume a little bit and they can almost run while treating the injury. But for some people, it's better to actually take some um, full-blown time off. It depends on the injury, you know. And for a lot of people and a lot of injuries, we do actually recommend trying to train through it. You mm-hmm. know, you just you cut down the volume substantially and the intensity, of course. But for a lot of people it's better to try to run through it as the tissue recovers and just to kind of take a step back from training versus 
an all out, you know, multiple week break because of how bad that sets you backwards. Right. So we'll discuss both options when we get to how to come back off of an injury also. Mm-hmm. And then I've got a couple of, of varieties. If you, were you injured not for a day or two or were you injured not for a week or two? Because yeah. that really, really matters. It does. So let's start off with just the idea that running is not a perfectly smooth path. And I think that if you've been running for any given amount of time, like, you know, a week or two, you probably, you probably know that running is not a perfectly smooth path. You know, once you, if you're a new runner, it's like, you know, once you get to that like day three, you're like, oh, this isn't as easy as I thought it might be. You know, like, yes, running is simple. Put put on some shoes and some pants like we've talked about before, right? Yes. And then head out the door. Um, but it that doesn't mean it's an easy activity. And people learn that very quickly on. And people also learn very quickly that you have good days and you have bad days. And success and improvement is definitely not linear in running. No, improvements are definitely not linear. And that causes some issues with consistency is when you first get going, you know, your times and your paces, they just keep dropping so drastically. You're like, oh, I was running 10 minute miles. Now I'm running nine minute miles. And look at this go. Like I just saw somebody tweet out like the what leads to success is, is running through when the improvements stop being so drastic. He goes, the difference between getting running an eight minute mile and running a seven minute mile over the course of several years is awesome. And you can see the times drop and you can cheer for it. The difference between running a 415 mile and a 412 over the course of several years is frustrating. Mm. So, you know, enjoying that, the actual running and not just running for improvement's sake and for the the number on the clock is is kind of tricky you got to try and and stick with it even when it's it kind of can feel like drudgery almost it's it's a little boredom it's not the most exciting to go out day after day yeah sometimes that happens but again that i mean that can take us right down the rabbit hole of your mindset right and and trying to actually shift your mindset and your perspective on it because running can be whatever you tell yourself that it is like and so that's not really what we're getting into right now but that was that's just a little aside like I said that's quite the the other rabbit hole that we oh, could that's get a into lengthy right? other topic but because you know your body and your mind and your experience your life essentially is a construction of whatever your brain is telling yourself that it is so anyway back to this so training is never as consistent as we might wish it that it would be right I think that like you know even if we've got really good times in our training and we're like hitting all our workouts we're we're following our plan we're getting everything in there are times that you do have times just like that you know weeks go by and you're like knocking everything out you're crushing your plan and then something happens you know like who knows what it is like life happens you go back to school you have another kid like something happens at work like life happens. And so everyone needs a break time to time. And everybody has these even unplanned breaks time to time. Right. And this is the other thing with consistency is being consistent does not have to mean running every single day. Yeah. Like that's not a requirement to say, oh, I'm a consistent runner. I've got a running streak going of, you know, 300 plus days. Being consistent with your running means doing something day by day Mm -hmm. to try and improve your running. That thing could be an off day that is I'm sticking consistently with the plan that I believe will help me improve myself. Yeah, especially if recovery has been a, you know, difficult thing for you in the past like a lot of people a lot of runners especially they have no problem going out and just pushing themselves but they do have a problem stepping back and I know that I have been in this camp before for sure and just 
have I have that need to like move my body every day to do something every day but instead of really focusing on the calorie burn and breaking that sweat and like really working hard every single day I kind of have given myself these built-in days where I can do what my body wants to do so whether that is a full-blown rest day which I will be honest like I don't take those very often um probably once every couple of weeks you know it just depends on how my body's feeling because I do just like movement. Like it doesn't have to be a a full on sweat session, but I can do some yoga or some stretching or just some mobility work just to kind of keep my body moving and my joints feeling good. I mean, let's be honest. It's August in South Florida. The walk from the house to the car is a full-blown sweat session that is yeah yeah usually bringing in the groceries like i I went out bringing the first bag and you're fine but the second bag is covered in sweat yeah i went out on a walk this morning with our oldest daughter and she looks at me and she goes mom why do you sweat so much and i was like well first of all i already lifted this morning before our walk so this sweat is not just from the walk like Mm -hmm. this is residual sweat from my workout residual sweat (laughs) she goes i go why do you say that because like i wasn't really like sweating very badly right like immediately at that time that she made the comment she's like well like you're back like I looked at your shirt and it's like all wet and I'm like oh well yeah that's from before like you know the, the little part of my back between my sports bra and my shorts yeah like it's wet yes but, so it looks wet and that was residual sweat <laughs> that was my residual sweat the other day because after <laughs> after a run I come in and I come into the shower fully dressed and rinse off all my running clothes I think is a little short sidetrack but it's really helpful in trying to reduce the smell of your clothes Mm -hmm. i wish you would do it with your running shoes too i can't do it with my running (laughs) shoes themselves but all of my clothes like shirt shorts socks everything comes into the shower and gets rinsed off immediately and i walked in the shower and i took my shirt off and i looked at it and it looked like i had already rinsed it off in the shower there was not a single speck of dryness on it and was this yesterday yesterday yeah we had a humidity of 95 percent as I held it in front of me, it was visibly dripping sweat mm-hmm. off of it. Like yeah. it could not be any more drenched in water. Oh yeah. Like after my run yesterday morning, I was like bending over just to do a little bit of stretch and literally the sweat was just <laughs> dripping, like pouring off of my face. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I look down at my, I, I always joke around that my legs are like a river yeah. because you can just see, you can literally like see rivers, you know, running down my legs. But anyway, so a couple of sides there. So, but this consistency, like what Kevin was saying, it doesn't mean that you have to run every day. It does. It definitely doesn't mean that you need to push hard every day, but it means that you need to figure out what your body needs and give it that, you know, on a daily basis. So running, maybe strength training, mobility, a rest day, yoga, you know, what does your body need? And so this was kind of my approach when we went to Georgia for our family vacation. Like I had it in my head that I would run if I could, but I didn't have to run. And I was trying to wrap my head around allowing myself to not run and to to be okay with that, right? To be okay with not running. Um, But then still saying, okay, well, I I brought like some bands with me that I was still going to work out, do my strength training. And then we had this amazing balcony that was like overlooking the mountains that had the most incredible view. And so I remembered that I had my yoga mat with me. And so that was going to be my self-care while I was on vacation. I was going to do some yoga. I was going to, you know, and I threw in some like core stuff and some upper body push-ups and those kind of things on like some of the days. But on one day, I just let myself do yoga to music and it was perfect, you know, but that is knowing what my body needs as a runner, right? And that's still me 
committing to that identity of runner and saying, even though I'm on vacation, I'm still going to be consistent. And then obviously we had some hikes planned in so that, you know, I was kind of in my head replacing my runs with my hikes so that I could kind of justify to myself and make myself feel okay with not running. In my head, kayaking replaced a core routine because quite frankly, (laughs) that was the hardest core routine (laughs) I've ever done. Like you and thank you, Casey, the people that we were with, like everybody's just kayaking long and like laughing and joking. And they're just cruising down the stream. It literally felt like I was in a plank position, like that, that much strain on from like, I don't know, mid chest to mid thigh, that entire area of my body was just clenched the entire time. And I'm not sure how long we were out there. Like there was a break. We a like, couple of hours. Yeah. And we like stopped and, and got off and then turned around because it was an out and back little mm-hmm. kayak. So it was like an hour just core clench, <laughs> then a brief break, and then back into the kayaks for another just... We're, no, then we're it was down, only like 20 minutes. We were back. downstream yeah. on the way back. So then it was like 20, so was 30 like minutes. It was maybe an hour and a half total. Yeah. Yeah. So the, but the way out was, oh my word, it was brutal. It was just like, it was like the longest plank ever. And everybody else <laughs> was just like, this is so great. Look at there's a turtle over there. I'm like, yeah, it's a great turtle. <laughs> <laughs> so anywho, so we all have different perspectives on different activities and ways to take care of ourselves and stay consistent. But the point of this one is what <laughs> happens if, if that consistency path, like whatever it really means, and it doesn't have to mean running every day. It's certainly not running super hard every day. But what if we veer off that path a little bit too far and we do, in fact, lose the consistency? If you take a step back for whatever your reason, okay, and we covered that there's a myriad of reasons that could send you off the path, there's some basic guidelines in how to come back and it's rooted in a few things. How long were you gone? Okay. How, what was your ability level before you hit the break? What was the reason for the break specifically? Was it an injury Mm -hmm. that caused the break? You know, cause there's lots of other things, but was it an injury that you're coming back from? And then your current goal, which includes the timeline, like, all right, well, I got hurt, but I need to come back because I have a race in a month that's going to change how you can come back. Right. So, and it also will change what your, um, prognosis is that prognosis is not the right word, but like, you know, the, the outcome of like, do you need to actually reconsider whether or not you're going to do that race? You know, is, is the race the best idea for you right now? Um, you know, if it's an injury early in a training cycle, that's going to be much easier to, get back into like a training plan than an injury later in a training cycle that's closer to the race. Right. And then, you know, I've heard interviews with various like Olympic level athletes that they're like, oh yeah, well like the month before the Olympics, I had a stress fracture in my blah, blah, blah. And Mm -hmm. so I was in the pool the entire time and I literally ran two miles as a warm up before the first round of prelims in the Olympics. Like, okay, well you're an Olympic athlete. You're out of your freaking mind. So, um, (laughs) well, it's different for everybody. Right. And then there's a lot to be said about mental training things, tactics and things that the Olympians have and employ, um, you know, that, can kind of get them through that. And, and you know, if you are an elite level Olympic athlete, you have been doing it for so long that there is so much muscle memory and strength and everything built up in the past that those 
smaller breaks in training might not derail you as much as like other people. Right. That goes into the, what was your ability before you right. took the break? And right. if your ability is already through the roof, that it, yeah. it changes how different. you're able to come back. Right. So one thing to keep in mind is that the comeback, whenever you make a comeback, it is both physical and mental. Okay. There, and please don't discount the mental and psychological sides of things, okay? Because, yeah, you need to get back into it physically. Obviously, we're runners. We like to move our bodies physically. But so much of running is mental and psychological as well. So maybe you have lost some of that cardio ability, right? If you've taken an extended break, you could have gone backwards a little bit. You know, I know everybody loves to talk about their VO2 max and, you know, Garmin now is like, either your best friend or your worst enemy, depending on if it's telling you that you're productive or unproductive after a given run, right? Or that you're peaking, your VO2 max is going up. You know, so sometimes you lose a little cardio ability if you take an extended break. But think about also the psychological and mental side of that. Like you are also, you've gotten out of some of the patterns and the routines and the habits that you've been in. So if you are a runner that typically wakes up at five o'clock in the morning so that you can go out and run at 5.30 every day or several times a week, you know, that's a, a change. You know, if you're not able to run, then you're breaking that habit. So then what happens when you get home from the run? You know, like you probably take a shower and then do other things. Like you probably have a routine that you've built up and put into place. And, and that all of that is gone. Not to mention the social aspect too. Like if you're a social runner and now because you're injured, you're not able to go run. So therefore you're not able to then see your running buddies. That's going to affect you socially as well. And that you know, when you have a less social connection with people, that's also going to affect you psychologically, mentally. Right. There's a lot of mental issues. And one of the big ones that I think we need to kind of lean into here is the, the routines that you've set up. Um, because the longer you've had this, you know, well, on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, I go up at whatever time. And like, this is just how I start my day. This is the run. And then I come back and I do this. If you've been out of that routine for a couple of weeks, your brain now has created a new routine for you. Right. And so it's going to be trickier for you to then flip back into what you had considered just the normal routine. Yeah. Now, because you've been out of it, if you've been out of it for an extended period of time, getting back into what was your habit is now going to be a new thing. And change is well somewhat difficult, which gets back into the whole make the habits easy and make them make them look pretty make them feel nice mm -hmm. so that it's it's simple to get back into it yeah and the other thing you have to keep in mind is the mental effects of injury so if you took your break because of injury then that leads to kind of this idea of you know getting back into it without worrying about it all the time you know because if you have injured you know if you were coming off of an injury and then you get back into running and stuff starts to kind of ache a little or you start to be more sore afterwards which is normal okay like anytime you're coming back after an injury you can probably expect some soreness in that area at least at the beginning but it's one of those things that you don't want to allow yourself to necessarily go down that rabbit hole too deep that's like oh god there's the injury. It's coming back. What, what should I do? You know, like you can get into this is that it. end of the world. Yeah. Never run again. Right. Like that anxiety and worry cycle can be a real thing. And that's not going to help you enjoy that run. It's not going to help you enjoy the comeback because the comeback will be quickly ended because you're just too worried about it. We'll get a little more detail on that in how to come back off of a specific injury. Mm -hmm. All right. So 
when you're making this comeback, there's a whole bunch of different scenarios that I kind of want to play out of some guidelines of how you get into it, the different physical and mental things that you're going to have to overcome through some of these comebacks, um, sort of the best things to do with like volume, how to deal with like speed work and different things of really how to make your comeback. Yeah, let's let's talk about some specific adjustments. So if you missed a couple of days because you just didn't have time, maybe life got in the way, something got really busy, and you just find yourself lacking time for some reason, right? Just jump back into your plan. Um, and you can probably, if you just missed a couple of days, like most likely you don't have to make anything up or adjust anything. Like if you have a speed workout, you can maybe decide whether or not you want to just skip it that week or you can move it. So as long as it's not back to back with like another speed workout, that's typically not advised. But in addition to the actual adjustments that you need to make to your plan, you should probably kind of Think about what led to that um, break in the first place, right? Determine what held you back. What is it that made you tell yourself that you didn't have time to run? Right, because you had time. Like you had time. You had time on the day that you did run. You had the same amount of time on the day that you didn't run. Other things came up and you prioritized them over your running. Right. So if you want to carry and keep that consistency and stop having these like a couple of day breaks keep popping up every couple of weeks, mm-hmm. you need to figure out what's causing the issue and see if you can do something to maybe change your running routine to earlier in the day. Do something that's going to eliminate that obstacle yeah. that's showing up and preventing you from being able to have the consistency that you want. Right. And that's one of the things I had to do when we had both kids. You yes. know, like once we like when we had one kid, it was easy. You and I kind of traded off. You know, we made it work. It wasn't as big of a deal. Somehow when we had two kids, it was like a whole different ball game. Do you remember when we had no kids? Not not really. <laughs> <laughs> and we used to like go to the gym together. What? Yeah, we'd go to the gym together and run on a, a, adjacent a, treadmills. Adjacent treadmills. We'd hold hands. Uh-huh. We were disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and very sweaty. So <laughs> that's never happened. Um, so anyway... But yes, if you do find that you are missing these like little days here and there or that you're constantly having to adjust your schedule, like we have we have clients like this, like, oh, I, I miss this because of this, 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 you know, and so it's like, okay, let, let's just stop and take a break for a second and take a step back because what is it that's constantly leading to these needs for adjustments? And let's look at the bigger picture and adjust maybe the schedule on the bigger picture so that we can figure out how you're going to be more successful and need less of these tiny little adjustments as we go, right? And so when I was um, trying to get back into our, uh, my running habit after the second kid, which unfortunately was several years after the second <laughs> kid, um, it was one of those things that I knew that I had to change the time of day in which I ran in order to make it a consistent habit. So previously, I always ran in the evening, in the afternoon, pretty much in the evening, I would say. Um, and with two kids, it's just not possible. Like you get home from work, you make dinner, you get bath time, you want books, you got bedtime, like there's this whole thing. And all of a sudden, by the time it's eight o'clock and the kids are in bed, then you're just exhausted. I, I was just exhausted. I was just like, and there was gnats outside. Like that's just like nap time. No, not by eight o'clock. Yeah. By, by at dinner time, if you had it like at dusk. six, that was yeah. Dusk is disgusting. Um, but you had to figure out either I'm going really early or I'm going at night. And for a while, I was going at night, mm-hmm. and then I realized that 
I was finishing my runs at like 9, 9.30. Yeah. And by the time we'd get to bed, it was super late and that was really dumb. Mm. So I'd, I'd much rather just get up and run early, yeah. which is also a tricky adjustment. I think that the issue was less, now that you're going through the, the, the challenges there, mm-hmm. less that we had two kids and more that the older one needed to eat dinner at a normal time, yeah. which was when both of us used to go out and run. Like That's somebody true. would go out and run at six and we were like, well, they're getting older. She really needs to eat dinner around that five, six o'clock time yeah. so that we can get her to bed at a reasonable time. Mm. That's what really messed with. It was the older one's fault. It was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it. We found the source. Yeah. Because when, I mean, when she was a baby before the second one came along, it was, she was just nursing, you know? Yep. So it was just like, okay, I'll nurse and then I'll go run and then I'll come home and I'll nurse again. Like it was just part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because spray she down with a hose before you nurse again. <laughs> <laughs> so anywho, um, so check in with yourself. Okay. Like, so if this is something that sounds familiar to you, that you're constantly finding yourself needing to readjust, just check in and see what are those obstacles and what can you do about it on a more global level to find time, make time for your running, you know, to, to prevent those little things from kind of getting in the way. All right. Before we completely get off of this one, I just have a couple of things I want to cover. Look and see which workouts you're missing. Okay. Oh, <laughs> did some... you conveniently miss the same ones over and over? <laughs> Oop. I had one speed workout planned every week and every Wednesday when I had that speed workout planned, something came up. Oh, every time I saw the word tempo on yeah. my schedule. <laughs> every time it was supposed to be a long run, something came up and I had to cut it short. I still got a oh, run in, but I had to cut it short. That's interesting. Like, is it, is there an actual specific workout that you're avoiding? You know, are you avoiding the strength day? Are you avoiding a certain type of running workout? Are there certain things that you're avoiding? Um, and you might not be doing it consciously. No, totally not. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like actually just keep track, like look back and figure out, okay, I missed a Tuesday here. I missed a Thursday there. Like look back and figure out, was there a certain type of run that was coming up that was getting your way? Huh. Maybe not. Maybe it was just, you know, randomly you're just missing periodically. That's, that's okay too. Yeah. Um, but the other one, just jump back in. Like you don't have to try and be like, Oh, well I missed the speed work. So I guess I could put it in on Friday and then I could adjust my long run. If you missed a day out of the week, just move on to the next week. It's going to be okay. Yeah. That's definitely a common question that we get from a lot of our athletes. And in most cases it's fine. Just skip over it and move on. Continue with your plan as planned. Yeah. Like miss a speed day, miss an easy day. Either yeah. way, just it's go to the next okay. week. Yeah. I mean, there are sometimes cause like there have been people that have emailed us and, and said like, you know, should I just break it up and like add a couple miles to other runs to try to like make sure my mileage stays consistent. And there are some times that that might be a beneficial thing. And there's other times that it's really just not that big of a deal. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you're really building up your mileage for a half marathon marathon right. and you know that you can't get your weekend long run in, you you're going to have to try and figure out some way to get that in so that you can continue to safely build the mileage up so you eventually get to the total. Right, but, but you also have to recognize that you're still not getting the same benefit because without the long run, that's then you're getting different benefits throughout the week. Yeah, I mean, you might literally have to put a long run into the week and figure out if you can make that happen right. if you know you're going to miss it over the weekend. Yeah, so let's move on to the next one, okay? So that's just if, that's kind of if you just missed a couple of days just because, right? Because life gets in the way. Now, if you miss a week, like a full week, but you're not injured. Okay. What do we do then? All right. So the, the suggestion on this one, and there's, there's some issues. We'll bring those up in a second is start back at about 50% of the, the mileage that you were running. And then the week after that, go to 75% and then be back to full. Sorry to interrupt, but of the week, like right before you missed. Yes. Okay. So if you were doing like 
30 miles a week. You'd come back at like 15 miles in your first week back, then somewhere in the low 20s, and then you'd be back to 30. Okay, it's, so it's really like a three-week kind of ramp back up. Right. And this depends on your mileage. Yeah. That, I was going to say that kind of sounds like a long time, right? It depends on how long you've been running. It depends on how easily you feel like you could just get back to that 30. Mm -hmm. Like to say 15, 23, 30, that's way too aggressive of a buildup if you've never been to that point before. Right. So if you're off for a week and you're like 30 is kind of a push for you, then yeah, it's going to take you about three weeks to get mm -hmm. back there. Like I was consistently running in the 40 to 50 miles a week mm -hmm. before I lost the week. And when I came back, I dropped myself down to like 30. I went from like 50 to 30. Mm -hmm. And then I, I'm building myself back up a little bit more this week and yeah. end up from there. Yeah. I was like in the low twenties, like the mid, the mid twenties, I would say. Um, I think I was hitting like between 25 and 30 miles a week for the most part. So maybe with the upper twenties. Um, but when I missed that week, what I did was I, I cut my long run on the weekend because like I hadn't done a long run in a couple of weeks. So instead yep. of doing like a normal, like 10 miler, I cut it back to six and then I added in a couple of days and then I, the next week I did eight, you know, so that I kind of slowly built my long run back up. But then I kept my week, my weekday runs about the same. Right. And part of this is your weekday runs are not super, super long. Yeah, they're like five or six miles. Right. So if your weekday runs were like 10 to 12 miles and you just completely miss a week, it's going to be trickier to jump back yes. into the 10 to 12. Right. So the lower your mileage is, the quicker you can be back at full volume. Okay. If you're going off and, and you're regularly hitting like three miles a day, four days a week, and you miss a week, you can probably do a combination of like two to three miles when you're going back out. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to be like, oh, I was doing three miles a day. I have to take that all the way back to a mile and a half. Mm -hmm. Like you can probably be like, oh, let's try some twos and threes. Don't so push the, it crazy. So the adjustments are more important if you're running higher mileage. Right. And then because you didn't miss that week for an injury, you can really aggressively ramp your way back back up to full mileage. Okay. So really the key when you're coming back off of missing that week is to reestablish that consistency. So it's getting back to that habit into that consistency versus like the specific length of everyone that's of every run. That's the most important thing. Right. It's really not about the run. Like if, you know, I, I suggest cut your mileage by 50 and then I pointed out that I didn't cut my mileage by 50. So <laughs> you got to love that. I was, I was well, close. And, and, I went and, from 50 miles to 30 miles. That's, that's a yeah. solid cut. And I mean, 50 is guideline. It's an ish. Right. There's a lot of ish inside of this. Right. It depends on how long you've been running at the higher mileage, how yeah, comfortable you are at that higher mileage, like whatever the, the, that number is. Um, but a lot of it is to just try and get back into that habit. Like if you're running five days out of the week, you want to go out there and run five days out of the week. And if you're like, Oh, I haven't run for a week and I feel super sore. And I, I'm just, I feel out of shape and you're not, you missed a week. You're yeah. really not that out of shape at all. But if you feel it, then you're going to want to just say, okay, I went out and I got something in running wise for five days out of this week, mm -hmm. or I got in my runs on my running days. I got my strength on my strength training days, like get back to whatever that regular schedule that you have so that in a couple of weeks when you're back to full mileage, it's just your normal routine again. Yeah. And the other thing you can do too is adjust 
like I said, the long run, that's a big part of what you can adjust, but then also the intensity of the running workout. So if you do one speed session a week, maybe you just drop that speed and make it an easy day. Or if you do two speed sessions normally, you can just kind of add in one effort-based type of session instead of worrying about adhering to like a very specific pace-based workout. Yeah, if you're coming off of a, a complete missed week, coming back to a very specific pace-based is is tricky. You know, if you're doing two speed workouts, and it you might be fine. Do, it could be fine. Yeah. Um, it, your chances of having consistent, really, really good days off of a complete missed week, one of those, at least one of those days is not going to feel good. At least one of them is going to be like, ooh, that didn't go so great. And if that happens to be your one where you're trying to really hit numbers on a clock, that's that's a rough combo. Well, it's just psychologically kind of a downer. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. it's, it's a mental like, oh, that yeah. that's terrible. I, I was correct. I am in terrible shape. It's like, no, you just actually timed the one workout that you didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you have anything else to say about missing that week if you're not injured? No, I think okay. that pretty much covers that one. All right. So then let's move on to what if you miss a week because of an injury? or because of pain, right? So for some reason, you've got something that's kind of flaring up on you or, you know, some, some people just like sprain their ankles. Like if you actually just like get injured and you need to just miss a full week to just kind of allow that injury to rehab itself and you're actually doing the right thing and listening to your body and just trying to like give your body some time to heal and recover. Um, what happens and how do we adjust if we miss a full week because of pain or injury? And before we get into that, actually, I think this is a perfect place to mention that we've got a new masterclass coming up that we're super excited about. And this one, we're we're creating a new series um, called The Runner's Body, where we get into running injuries and pain that we have as runners. And so the first one that we're going to be doing is going to be on August 15th. It's going to be focusing on lower leg pain and foot pain. Okay. So anything below the knee, we're not going to cover the knee in this specific class, but we're covering everything from the knee down, basically everything below the knee. Um, so if, if this is something that you have an issue with, if you're having pain, if you have that recurring injury cycle that you've been in and out of for who knows how long, yes. okay, this, is going to be a fantastic resource for you. Okay. So you can head over to the runners right now. We're offering a special, so you can, um, for early registration that we have very, very special early bird pricing, um, huge discounts for early bird pricing on that. So head over to the runners If you'd like to learn more about it and register for that masterclass, we're going to teach you exactly how to evaluate and treat lower leg injuries and foot pain. Um, this is going to be fantastic. It's going to be a couple hours on a Saturday, August 15th. I'm going to be on video. I'm going to teach you guys techniques. Um, you know, I'm a doctor of physical therapy if, for those of you that might not know. And so I'm going to get in, I'm going to show you exactly what you need to do to evaluate what's causing your pain because knowing the root cause of your pain is really important so that you can actually treat the root cause and not just keep treating the symptoms of it. Yeah. No one likes just treating the symptoms. Actually, everybody does. People are like, I'll just throw a bandaid on top of it and pretend that it's not there. Pop an Advil and go out for a run. This class will actually get to the root of the problem so that you can figure out how to actually get better so that that injury does not flare up again next month. Yeah. So we're offering very special early bird pricing, $25 for this class, and you get 
the live masterclass with us where you can have all of your questions answered. Like we're going to be putting a chunk of time, you know, at the end of the class. And then of course throughout too, where I'm answering all of your questions so that you can get to the root of your problem as well. Um, And then of course you get the recording of the class that you will have for life. And then you have um, digital downloads and PDF workbooks that will come along with it that you get to keep forever also. And, and it's money back guarantee also, you know, so you really have no risk. We're taking on all the risk here because I think this is going to be a thing that is really going to benefit a ton of people so you know 25 bucks money back guarantee if you don't feel like you know how to evaluate and treat your leg injuries afterwards just email us and we'll give you your money back perfect so check out therunnersbody.com and get yourself all evaluated and treated and back to this once you're through that whole treatment plan and you're back and running now what the heck do you do okay okay (laughs) yeah all right so you missed a week because of injury how how are we going to get safely back into that okay so it starts off and it looks very similar to the you missed a week not because of an injury you take your volume and you cut it in half except there's less of a gray area on this one you're really going to take your volume and cut it in half and for some people that's substantially pulled back okay like you're really going to pull this thing back and you're going to hang out there probably for a couple of weeks checking in to see how does the body feel both during your run and after a run Mm. Okay. Again, there's a little bit where your total mileage plays a role. Like I think there's a base level where you can kind of take this down to heading out to 20 to 30 minutes as, as you run. So if you were doing five days a week, you can still try and keep that five days a week at, at the low end, head out for 20 to 30 minutes. You could do a combination of twenties and thirties. I mean, but that's if you were where beforehand, that's like if you were more in the like 40 to 60 minutes, right? Well, I, if you were consistently running 30 minutes beforehand Mm -hmm. and you've now missed a week for an injury and you're back, I think that you can safely start in that 20 to 30 minute range of a combination of 20 minute to 30 minute runs. But that's not cutting any volume then. That's what I'm saying is your total mileage before you started plays a role on this. If you were going for 20 to 30 minutes, you can probably be in that 20 to 30 minutes still. I don't think that you have to cut it all the way back to 10. Okay. Okay. So just to clarify then, so you're saying that if, if before your injury, you were running in that like 20 to 30 minute range that you can get back to that range after the injury. You don't have to cut back to half. Like that's kind of an exception to the cutting back to the half rule. That's like an exception to okay. it. Because it's sort of like a, a base point starting. Like if, if I had a brand new runner, mm-hmm. maybe they'd be like doing a run walk during this. So if you were consistently like running 30 minutes and you're like, okay, well I want to come back, but I'm not sure I kind of want to take it easy. Maybe you're doing a run walk. Maybe you're doing like four minute run, one minute walk, but mm-hmm. still going out there for the same amount of time. It's still reducing the intensity to you Mm -hmm. it is in fact reducing your running volume because you're adding in that one minute walk throughout plus you're breaking up the run yeah i mean can i just interject a little here i I see where you're coming from for sure um i will say that like with my patients and, and things like that people that i counsel back from injury i usually tell them like the very first time out to just go for like 10 to 15 minutes like i i see what you're saying because you're you know the 10 to 15 minute mark, like some people are like, oh, that's not really enough. But like, I like to just give it 
give them that as a as a baseline because some people tend to go out and just push too hard the first time that they go out anyway right because they had this mentality of I haven't been doing anything for a week I need to go get my workout in like I'm finally allowed to work out again now I'm I'm gonna go push hard right and then they end up going out for that 20 to 30 minutes and they push too hard and they do their normal route that takes them on say three miles right and they go out and then if they're a mile into their run and the pain starts acting up again, then they still have to make it home. So I tell them, okay, look, you start out with the 10 to 15 minutes, choose a smaller route. Like if, you know, where around your house or wherever it is you run from, um, choose a smaller route so that you can be back home in that 10 to 15 minute mark, assess how you feel. And then if you're able to then continue on for that 20 to 30 minutes, then that's fine. Right. Like you could repeat a smaller loop twice. Cause yeah. if you haven't run for a week and you're really craving that you've got to get out there for 30, you're going to be able to handle the smaller loop twice. Like it's mm-hmm. not going to be that boring because yeah. you might just be that excited to get out and go. Exactly. But yeah, I like that the, the first one back. Just in general, over that week, yeah. I would suggest like 20 to 30 Okay, you're talking about the okay. first week. Yeah. yeah. I, I, that first run, I think, is the most critical to like really cut it back. I really like that idea of yeah. putting it on a small loop. If you're out there for 10 minutes and you're like, this is not going smoothly for me, then 10 minutes is your thing. And maybe that one week missed for an injury is not done yet mm-hmm. either. Yeah. And the other thing you can do is to start to add some of that volume back in slowly um, with cross training okay so like you don't necessarily have to get right back out there especially if it was a running related injury or like a, an overuse type of injury like shin pain calf pain plantar fasciitis foot pain those kinds of things so if, if it is more closely tied to running like as a, a running or repetitive use injury Coming in with like some cross training could be a really good thing because then you could actually strengthen your muscles a little bit differently. You can still work on your cardiovascular and your cardiopulmonary, your breathing, your lungs, strengthen all of that stuff without the same amount of forces on the injured tissues. Yeah, I mean that's that's really good. That's where cross training can can definitely provide huge benefits. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why even like really high level runners do a lot of cross training because running is more pounding on the body than a lot of other cardio sports. Like Mm -hmm. you don't have the same pounding impacts when you're going out there on a bike for mile after mile after mile because you don't have the impact. It's a non-impact, you know, cardio thing. Same with with swimming. Same with swimming, completely non-cardio. Same with cross-country skiing, Mm -hmm. which no one really mentions a lot in August, but (laughs) it's in in the same thing. Like you're not pounding. But still fantastic like workouts for your heart and your lungs. Yes. So cross-training is a great way that you could add this in. If, um, if you're really anti cross training and I, some get people over are, it. yeah, one, one, get <laughs> Number over one, it. get over your anti, your aversion to it Yeah, <laughs> and put it in. Yeah. Cause there's, there's a lot of options. Find something that works for you. If you're like, Oh, I can't go onto a Stairmaster. Great. Find something else that'll Do work Zumba. for you. Like, <laughs> Find a jazzercise class. Oh my gosh. Can you guys, maybe we can convince Coach Kevin to do some Zumba yeah, videos for that's us. That's what we need. Instead of ace skips, it can be Zumba. Perfect. I think that would go over well on Facebook. Yes, that would go over <laughs> great. All right. So in on the running side of building your volume, coming back from the injury, okay, that whole idea, and you may have heard this before, of like you can add 10% of your mileage per week that's a safe way to build up that gets thrown out the window when you're coming back off of an injury you were building back way slower so if you were doing like 
three mile runs during the week. The next week you're going to do three mile runs and maybe one of them goes to a four. If you're a time-based person, you were doing 30 minute runs. Now you're doing 30 minute runs and one of them goes to a 35. Not all of them. Right. Like it's, it's not like, oh, well I was formerly doing six miles per run. I cut them all the way back to three. I guess this week I'll do four and next week I'll do five. Like, right. no, you're, that's not how you're coming back off of this. And the more closely that injury was related to an overuse injury from running mm-hmm. itself, the more careful you have to be on the, on the comeback. Right. For sure. And the other thing to keep in mind is that your goal for running, whatever running goal you're chasing right now, that will also guide you in which areas to push. Like, is it more important for you right now to build your mileage back up? Is it more important for you to build your speed back up now? Like, I think it's it's a really good when you miss time because of an injury, number one, you got to get to the source of that injury. You got to figure out why that injury happened so that you know how to correct it. And you need to correct the root cause of that problem. Not just like, oh, like if I just ice it, it'll be fine. Like, yes, that's an, an immediate relief, right? You're dealing with the inflammation, but inflammation is a result of something else in the body happening, right? Like some sort of imbalance, some sort of weakness, some sort of lack of mobility that's causing overuse and it's causing some sort of tissue damage that's causing the inflammation. So yes, dealing with the inflammation is important and is necessary, but you really need to try to find that root cause of what, you know, what caused it in the first place. I know, I know I said the word cause a lot there, but you know, you gotta, yeah, like, you know, you have to figure out what's going on here. But you, you make a good point here of what you're currently training for is going to guide you in how to come back. So if you were training for a longer run, then you kind of want to almost ignore the speed play for a little while. Yeah. Maybe you're going to do strides as speed for a while, mm-hmm. and you're going to try and continue to safely build up just that one long run during the week. Yeah. Maybe you're training for a shorter race, and you don't need to build up the long run on the weekend at all. Right, and you were doing both beforehand because it was okay Right. until it wasn't okay. Yeah, now it's not okay. So you don't need the super long run on the weekend where you're doing mile after mile and the pounding just keeps going, but it's more important to you to hit speed during the week and you can build that guy up. But building up both simultaneously is not always a good plan when you are healthy to begin with, let alone when you're coming back off of an injury. And it might have been the reason that you got injured in the first place. Yes, that's a very, very good point. Okay, so back to getting to that root cause of your injury, you really need to increase the strength and mobility in the appropriate area, right? So getting finding out and figuring out why you had that injury in the first place usually is indicative of some sort of imbalance in the body. So either like one side is stronger than the other, you've got a weakness somewhere, you've got lack of mobility, whether that's joint mobility or tissue mobility, something's going wrong and your body's not cooperating with you, right? So think about adding in those strength exercises, right? Go see a physical therapist, figure out where your weaknesses lie, and they will give you targeted strengthening exercises so that you can strengthen those weak areas. So consider adding that in, adding in those extra strength sessions versus those extra speed sessions. Right. So this one, this one hits really close to home. I, I felt For me it. Too. I felt it emotionally when I typed <laughs> this into the thing. Consider replacing. Like I like to put two speed sessions in during a week. 
recently, I've removed one of the speed sessions and focused on strength on that day. I still put strides in because I can mentally tell myself I've done speed that day, even though it wasn't like a full-blown long speed workout, but then focus on the strength. It, it will reduce the volume that you're doing at speed, and, and yet you still have all these strength things that you're building up the power. So you're still gaining huge benefits and you're not going to drive yourself back to that injury in just the next few weeks. Because that's, that's ultimately what you want is it's not like, oh, okay, well, I have to hit these quarter repeats because that's what the plan says. Great. You hit the quarter repeats and now you're out for another week. Like what if you could only do like four by a quarter instead of 12 by a quarter and then you did a strength session after that? What if you just wiped that whole thing and you just did, you know, an effort-based speed workout and then threw a, a bonus strength session on another day out of the week? Focus on the strength so that you come back strong, mm-hmm. not so that you come back and get re-injured as fast as possible. Exactly. Um, and then along along those lines, you know, anytime you have an injury, you need to recognize that you will most likely be hyper-aware of that injury. So like this is what I was mentioning earlier on, yes, right? Very much. It's that psychological aspect of, okay, I'm getting back into training and I'm starting to feel more, like sore in that area. Like, is it the injury? Is it just soreness? What's going on? So just recognize and accept that this is likely going to happen, right? Like hyper awareness of whatever body part it is, is most likely going to happen after injury because we always think it's coming back, you know, because we, we have this fear of it coming back. Like, right, no runner wants to be on the sideline with an injury. So we're always fearful that it's going to come back if we, you know, start running again. Right. We've got this combo that we don't want it to come back, but we're afraid that it is. So the first sense of any sensation in that area is like, oh, God, it's over. You're just really, really aware of it. So you need to recognize the difference between soreness and pain and realize that that injured area is probably still inflamed and was weak in the first place. Mm -hmm. So that's the area when you get back into running that's going to be more sore. And soreness is okay. It's that sharp and stabbing pain that is usually a much bigger issue. Yeah, that's always what I tell my patients is like, it's not allowed to be sharp stabbing um, pain. But if it's a soreness, if it's kind of like a soreness and achiness, if it goes away after running, that th- those are all good signs. So like the things that you really want to point out and take note of is the quality of the pain. So is it sharp, stabbing, aching, burning, sore, like s- actually try to describe the pain um, other than it hurts, you know, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not a good description. Um, and then note how long, like when does the pain occur? Is it when you're running? Is it before? Is it after? And how long does that pain last? Is it only while you're running? Does it last like like for a half an hour after you run? Does it last a couple hours after you run? Are you still hurting the next day? Like those are all very important factors because it's telling you those are all ways that you can evaluate how your body is healing. Right. And I mean, there could be other activities besides just running that causes that area Mm -hmm. to flare up on you. So recognize things that are causing the pain to come back. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk more in detail about this in our masterclass on August 15th. So if you're excited about that, or if this sounds like something you want to learn more about, head over to therunnersbody.com and sign up. Okay. So what if we miss a few weeks because of sickness. Okay. Cause so we've talked about missing it because of life, missing it because of injury. Now what happens if we get sick? Okay. So that's say, not running related. Yeah. So you got sick and you were out for a few weeks. 
I'm saying that one, you're probably not even at a hundred percent, like when you're coming back. So you want to start out at what you consider your base level. Mm -hmm. This is not like, Oh, well it should be 50% or 25% or what? No, no, no. It's what you consider a starting point for you. And that very much differs for every person listening to this. Okay. What is your start? How many days out of the week would you consider a starting point for you? And you and I would be very different. You and I would be very different off of this, you know, and I've listened to, you know, some professional athletes. They're like, you know, I haven't really run in like three weeks. So I'm going to take it really easy this week. I'm going to start out at like 50 miles this week. Right. Which for most people is crazy. But they're running like 120 miles a week. Exactly. So 50 miles a week for them is nothing. Right. So when I say that I came back and I was at 30 miles after missing last week, well, that's because I'm getting myself quickly back up to 50 miles a week. Right. that's, That's where I can generally like to hang out. So a starting point of upper 20s, low 30s, is a starting point for mm-hmm. me, you know, yeah. and it varies for every person. Yeah. Mine's like 15, 15 to 20, mm-hmm. you know, like if I'm in the 25 to 30 range, then 15 to 20 is more of like a starting point for me. Right. So at this point, everything is pulled back. Your long run is, may not exist. You may have a, a run on the weekend that's longer than your week run, weekday runs, but it's not that long. Your speed play is very much reduced in volume. If you're used to doing two speed runs a week, maybe there's only one. Maybe if you're doing two, they're both just really, really short sessions. So everything is pulled back with the exception of strengthening because you can always continue to hit the strengthening. Maybe, you know, if, if you like to follow, like, you know, you are running, uh, like strength sets, it's all you always see just like two to four sets for, oh, for like our my clients. circuits. Your circuits, yeah. you see just two to four sets. If you're coming back off of an illness and you're like, nah, I used to do four, you're not doing four anymore, right? Like, you can do all of those things, yeah, but do you're gonna one to two of them, yeah, pull back right. and listen to your body as you come back. Really listen, yeah, because it, a lot of us tend to get back into activity before we are 100% recovered. 100%. And that's fine. You know, like it's fine because your body loves to move. And so exercise and movement can be a part of your recovery if you do it intelligently. Because if you are doing it and you're pushing too hard, you're just draining yourself. So what you're doing is you're taking away your body's resources to fully heal and recover from whatever illness or injury was happening. Yeah. Okay. So everything is is pulled back. You're focusing on really rebuilding that foundation. You're playing the long game. Okay. So I think in line with what you just said, that when you're coming back from an illness, this is when people are really ripe for injury Mm -hmm. because they come back too quick. Right. They come back and they're like, nope, I'm getting right back to where I was. No, you're not. You're really not. And for a couple of reasons. One, everything is not where it was before. But two, your just general running coordination, your efficiency out there as a runner is not as smooth as it was. Mm. So you need to really be focusing on slow runs, some strides as like your intro to going fast again, your running drills, your strength, your mobility. Focus on all of the very foundational pieces in a training plan. Yeah. It's definitely important to get back to that foundation. So, okay, we've talked about missing a couple of days. We've talked about missing time from running injuries. We've talked about missing a big chunk of time because of illness or sickness. What happens if you had a big race, like, you know, the Jacksonville Marathon? And, Stop oops, judging. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm not judging. All I'm doing is stating the facts. And oops, a month has gone by, and maybe you ran a couple of times. 
Yeah. No Sometimes one, that happens. No one has ever run a marathon <laughs> and then just, oops, missed the next month. Says the man that did it. Yeah. But like, I mean, professional runners do these do this all the time. You know, like the professional elite runners that like have a huge race, like the New York City Marathon or the Olympic Trials or the Olympics themselves, like they'll take a month off. Yeah. They take like two to three weeks off. Yeah. Um, except for Sarah Hall, who ran like, I mean, she was scheduled to hit three was it Sarah Des? It was one of them that was hitting like so many marathons in a row. I think it was Sarah Hall had like three major marathons mm-hmm. in like a four month span. Yeah, and like there was never that two week, two to three week down cycle. A lot of pros do two to three week down cycle afterwards. All right, so if that happens, which happens to oh so many of us, that you just don't run much for the month afterwards mm-hmm. because you're exhausted and you want to celebrate and you want to get back to doing things that you were able to do. Suddenly you have that weekend morning that you can go out and do something besides. Maybe you could like even sleep. sleep. in. Yeah. <laughs> like sleep in. Yeah, I think this happens a lot after marathon training, right? Because marathon training is such a big commitment of your time, your energy, your focus, your mental energy, like so much of it that it's not just the physical recovery that you're doing after a race like a marathon or an ultra or more than that. Like it's the mental and every, you know, the mental psychological lifestyle recovery that you're coming back from too. Right. You have to kind of take some downtime before you can get back into that. All right. I'm ready for my next training cycle. I'm ready to focus again for another chunk of months. Yeah. All right. So at this, you're back to base level. You're back to your base level and foundation building. You weren't out for any sort of Reason, though like you weren't out for an injury an illness or anything like that you didn't get sidetracked like you ran a crazy race and then you just kind of lost your focus so you're back and you can generally follow that 10 percent rule of thumb build up i really am a strong proponent of increase your mileage for a couple of weeks and then pull back and then increase for a couple of yeah. weeks and then pull back so but, how do you determine your base level it goes back to the one before stick Start at what you consider your base level. When we said you missed for uh, a few weeks with an illness. What if people aren't sure what their base level is? It's what you consider... Easy. Yeah. Like, if you were a new runner, just starting out, like, what would you go out and do? Is that it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's... It's something that you could put on paper of this is what I'm going to do for the next seven days and it doesn't look daunting to you at all. Mm. Like none of the days do. I mean, maybe not a brand new runner. I mean, if you've been running for 20 years, it's not like you're going back to... Yeah, no, it's, no, it's your personal base level and that changes year over year. That changes, Mm -hmm. you know, depending on what you just built up for. Like if you just built up for like a 10 K and then you took a month off, that's different than if you just built up for a marathon and you took a month off. Like I came back off of Jacksonville and I had taken a chunk of time off and I started back somewhere in that like eight to 10 long run. Mm -hmm. If you built up to a 10 K and you were only running six to eight miles, you're not starting at eight to 10 miles as your long run. Like you're going to have to build everything back up so realize that but since there wasn't an injury that that brought you out you can climb pretty pretty steadily in your return back to your basic normal mileage Mm -hmm. um and because you're not at what you would consider normal you started way back that whole idea of up for a couple weeks and then pull back and then up for a couple weeks and then pull back you can basically just climb 
as long as you, as long as everything's still feeling good, you can pretty much just steadily climb mm-hmm. until you get back to your normal mileage. Yeah. And then, you know, if you are incorporating speed work or interval training in your um, plan, just think about maybe just doing some effort-based running for a while, you know, just kind of, I think that if, if you are taking these long chunks of time, you know, or a longer chunk of time after a race, a lot of that is psychological and mental. It's Yes, it's physical, but so much of that is just mental recovery that you don't necessarily want to jump into like structure like I need to hit this pace and do 12 of these repeats like just allow your body to just slowly and your mind to just slowly get back into it right and figure out what it is that you're you're doing next you know is it important that you build the volume back up because if it's really important to build the volume back up then effort-based speed maybe random intervals you know kind of fart like training where it's like I'm gonna run really quick until I get to that light pole and, and then chill until I get to that tree that kind of stuff as you're building volume if you don't need to build volume, then you might go into a different training plan where you're more focused on speed for that next training cycle, whatever it is. So what it is that you want to focus on for the next like three months or so really kind of determines how you come back. So basically you need to figure out why you missed, how long you missed and figure out what it is that you need to adjust when getting back into it. Okay. Do you need to adjust your mileage, your speed, the number of days per week, like and really, as you're getting back into it, as you're coming back and getting back into your running routine, no matter why you missed, stay focused on establishing those good habits again. That's really what you want to start to, that, that should really be your main focus is reestablishing that consistency, that routine, and keep it doable so that it's something that you're excited to get back into. All right, guys, that's what we've got for you today. Thank you so much for joining us and spending this time with us. Again, if you're interested in our new masterclass series, you can head over to therunnersbody.com, therunners with an S, body.com, to sign up for our lower leg pain and foot pain masterclass on August 15th. This has been the Real Life Runners Podcast, episode number 152. Now get out there and run your life.